Hey, it's Bree. And it's Sean. Welcome to episode 11. Today, we will be discussing three new locations. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Whitby Junction Station in Whitby, Ontario. We're going to be talking about Chateau Frontenac in Quebec City. And we're going to be talking about the Ottawa Jail in Ottawa. So, Brie, how's your summer going? What uh, what have you been up to this summer? Have you done anything interesting? Um, uh, yeah, I took a drive to... Well, that was more like early summer, but we went to Ottawa. Yeah, I saw the pictures. That was actually really nice. Yeah, everything um, was still on lockdown. There was a couple of things open, and people were still um, um, petitioning at the... What's that building? Parliament. People were still there. Other than that, working. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> know. I, I hear you work, on that. Work, work, work. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that things are kind of opening and, and kind of getting back to normal, you know, we're going to be doing a few things and, and going a few different places. And we're kind of excited for this stage of the game. Um, so... Looking forward to that, and also looking forward to doing more shows. Um, yeah. So anything more to add there, Bree? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get right into talking about Whitby Junction Station. Um, Whitby Junction Station was opened in 1903. It was originally built on Byron Street. The station served as a junction between the Whitby and Port Perry area. It became part of the Midland Railway of Canada on March 10th of 1882, (laughs) then becoming part of the Grand Trunk Railway officially in 1893. Wow. They're a Grand Trunk Railway again. Again, yes. It always seems to pop up. It has a lot of connections. It does, and it seems to pop up a lot in all of our stories in, in one way or another, mm-hmm. which which is always very interesting and, and always has a good story that's connected to it. Mm-hmm. In the 1960s, the station was closed and slated for demolition. A group of local art enthusiasts purchased the former station and turned it into an art gallery. In 2005, it was closed and it was moved and expanded. It reopened in 2006 as a fully functional art gallery. I've been in Whitby many, many times and I've lived in the area and I didn't even know it existed. So I can't really say anything. And I always say to people with doing this podcast that we've come across so many different things that we've researched and I totally would love to go and see all these places that we do. I know. Um, And this one's not that far. I think we should totally do that. Definitely. Definitely. I'd love to go and see it um, because I know, Brie, that when you come into this, that there is a big not a big backstory, but there is a big story kind of behind it and a lot of theories and a lot of this and a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, it'll be a little bit more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so it, with that being said, you know, you might as well go for it, Bray. It's yeah. you're up to, to, for the ghosties on the Whitby station. All right. So there's one famous ghost from the Whitby station, actually. And his name is Billy Stone Jr. He was a telegraph operator. He was about 21 years old. And it took place in December uh, uh, on the 11th, 1914. He was working on a late shift and was shot. (laughs) 
Wow, eh? And I know it's kind of like a big mystery. Like, nobody really knows who did it. Well, well, they have some theories. Yeah. Um, what they also said was uh, after he was shot, he was able to call the switchboard operator and get help. So Yeah, yeah, I heard that. I heard that actually as well. Yeah. So. And, but unfortunately, he died just after they arrived. So they and they weren't be able they weren't able to get any information out of him. Yeah. So they didn't know who it was. Um, they say that his murder is still unresolved this day, but he haunts the station. He's seen walking through the walls of the building. Yeah. Um, now, one of the theories that I found was that they think that it was his father killed yeah. him for money. Yeah. Um, that he was killed over an alleged affair or that he was killed over a potential gambling debt. Those were the three different um, theories that they were saying that how he probably got murdered. Right, right. But nothing was ever proven. No, nothing was ever proven. Nothing was ever solved. Um, you know, uh, some I've, I've read one story where somebody was driving by and they seen this man walk through the wall of the the art gallery. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. He's pretty active, and yeah. I I would be too if you know I'd be trying to let people know what happened if uh, you know I was murdered and it was unsolved. I know. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and one of the other things I found too is that the the police, when they were gathering the evidence, there was no gunpowder on his clothing. Um, and back then, obviously, right? That's what would you would have on you. Um, yeah, for more sure. More so than sure. I guess now. Um, so he had no gunpowder on his clothing. And uh, so they obviously assumed he was shot from a, a great distance. And hmm. he was apparently just standing there waiting and had no idea. Someone came up, walked up behind him and killed him. Terrible. Apparently, that's Terrible. what they speculate. And um, what was the other thing that I read? Um, oh, according to the police chief, there were no signs of a fight or a struggle, and he wasn't covered in blood. He There was a bloody handprint, but there was no blood on his hands. Ah, what? They couldn't get a fingerprint from a bloody handprint? Could have been just like a palm print, you know? Oh, like just a okay. palm or something like that, where nothing concrete. But then it was back in the day, too. So, like, I mean, it's not like now where they have, like, a CSI team that come in with lights and Oh, yes, this is 1914. Gadgets, right? <laughs> 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 They're thinking forensics already. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then uh, I think that was it, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a very simple story, but you know it has a lot of meaning behind it and all that kind of stuff. And and I think you know it's always great to support, um, you know, art and all that kind of stuff as well, and 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 history and all that. And I'm just babbling because <laughs> I've got nothing more else to say. So. Okay, well, how about I close it up? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, no, the what I was gonna say was, um, you know, he died suddenly. Nobody yeah. had any clue that, you know, somebody was out to get him. Yeah. It was tragic. He was too. at the prime of his life. He's only 21 years old. Terrible. Yeah. Right? And he's all I by know. himself there. It's bad. Yeah. I really and hope that, it... you know, and that kind of stuff usually is what triggers hauntings to happen anyway or, or ghosts to be attached to a location, right? Yeah. I, I really hope it's not his father. You know what I mean? I know everybody is all dead. Oh, and gone man. Now. Think about it back then. Uh, if you watch Westerns. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know, but I don't think of Whitby, Ontario, as being a, like a Western. <laughs> but, you know, you never know. Like, I mean, you never know what the situation was at that time. So, yeah. So, yeah. so I think that's pretty much it for Whitby Station. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to move on to talk about Chateau Frontenac in Quebec City. Chateau Frontenac. Yes, yes. It's a beautiful hotel. I don't know. It's huge. It's huge. Yes, it's quite large. And it, and you see a lot of the pictures. It's a very grand hotel. Um, it's part of the railway hotels. For Chateau Frontenac, the ground was broken for this hotel in May of 1892. Uh, its grand opening was on December 18th of 1893. The hotel features 18 floors and has been expanded three times with the last expansion being done in 1993. It's located at the western edge of Old Quebec's upper town, nestled along the side of the St. Lawrence River. The Chateau Frontenac was not the first hotel on the site. A former hotel by the name of Chateau Haldimand was named after a governor of Quebec at the time. The Chateau was designed by architect Bruce Price and developed by the Canadian Pacific Railway. This hotel was built with beautiful architecture featuring stained glass works, mahogany paneling, marble staircase, uh, and carved stone. The hotel offers themed rooms, mainly named after heads of state or government officials. Some themed suites include Justin Trudeau, Churchill, and Roosevelt. But not only government officials have left their mark on this hotel. There's also other suites that are themed after Alfred Hitchcock due to the filming of his movie, I Confess, in 1953. It also features a a suite dedicated to one of Canada's biggest recording artists, Celine Dion. During the war, the Chateau was chosen for two conferences to do with military strategy and the wars. The first one was the Quebec Conference in August of 1943, the next being September 1944. The hotel was completely closed for this to take place. As mentioned earlier, there's a Celine Dion room that you can stay in, but before Celine Dion was a household name, her manager knew that there would be recording artists there holding a large conference within the chateau. He arranged for her to perform, and a year later, she was everywhere with her hit, Where Does My Heart Beat Now, and her debut album, Unison. I love her. Me too. <laughs> Me too. She's definitely a power vocalist. Oh God, um, absolutely. Those those vocals, holy uh, And she still has it to this day. And yeah. we're not going to mention any names who've, you know, artists that have had it and kind of lost it over time. But um, she's uh, still quite popular to this day. So we love you, Celine. <laughs> <laughs> But now, after all that history of this grand hotel, there's actually a little bit more that I want to talk about um, with regards to this hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, in the lobby, there is a brass mailbox. And a few years ago, during maintenance work, uh, a postcard was found in between the floors, stuck in between the floors. It was written by a soldier that was off to war and he wanted his girlfriend to wait for him. 
the staff tried to find the intended recipient, but they were they didn't have any luck, unfortunately. So we don't know how that story ended, but no. uh, we hope he came home and and uh, she was there waiting for him. It's kind of a nice story. Yeah, kind of touching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, on to the ghosts. Of... Was there a date on the postcard? Um. I don't believe so. I, I'm sure there was, but I, I didn't read it in, in the article that I was reading. I think that would be fun, especially if you found it now and it was from a long time ago. Yeah, I think so as well. You know, I, I just what a piece of history, you know what I mean? Even though, unfortunately, it didn't make the intended attendant person, but... You know, to find something like that, to be of that era and that time is just uh, just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I think on to the, the ghosts, ghosts of Chateau Frontenac. <laughs> All right. So there's one female ghost that haunts the Chateau Frontenac. And uh, apparently she's a woman in a nightgown. She's all white. Um, and she roams around the hotel. Uh, she is a frequent ghost, so you'll they see her often. Yeah. And um, she's not attached to any room, but she will sneak in and like <laughs> literally stand over you. Oh great! <laughs> on your bed oh, great. while you're Can sleeping in there? bed. Uh, but she doesn't harm anybody. Apparently, she's friendly. She just stands there though and watches you. So like you know that saying: if you wake up at three o'clock in the morning, it's probably because there was a ghost. <laughs> Standing over you. <laughs> or either that or you had go. to pee, one or the other. You have answers now. Yes. <laughs> if it's 333, three, three, well. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you on that one. <laughs> Draw your own conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> Get some sage. Um, and then there's another ghost as well. <clears throat> His uh, name is Louis de Boyd. He's a 17th century governor. Yeah. And he was there, I guess, with his fiance, but she had left, I guess, and she was overseas. Right. But he died at the chateau. And apparently oh. he haunts it and walks around the halls looking for her. I I heard that okay, so I heard that, like that that same kind of thing. But apparently he requested that his heart be sent to her in a in a box. Oh really? Yeah, and she was um so heartbroken that she couldn't she didn't want to accept it so she sent it back and apparently that's you know like you were saying that's why he haunts it and he's always Ah. looking for her yeah because she was supposed to return back to him and all that kind of stuff. How creepy is that? I know it's kind of romantic but kind of like creepy at the same time I don't know just very Dracula like (laughs) Aww. I know, right? <laughs> you go, Aww. I love Dracula. I know. But it's like he's giving his heart to her in a box. Kind of gross, kind of messy, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Anything more for the ghosts of Chateau Frontenac? No. No? Oh, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's some reviews on the website that I yes. went over and I thought I figured I'd grab a couple of them because there was quite a few. Yeah, why not? And um, so there's this one guy. He said that he stayed there about a year ago and he was there for only one night. He had some sort of a, uh, it was a work thing. So he was there one night in two days or something like that. And um, 
So he was there, and when he went to his room for the night, he said that he could not sleep at all because it felt or he saw something in the room and it just paralyzed him with fear. He could not move at all. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'd be like, um, hi, reception. <laughs> Can I get a new room, please? <laughs> and One that's not on it. Um, somebody also asked because they responded to him and said, did you stay in the older part of the hotel? So I guess that's more where the creepiness or hauntings happen. Yeah. And I think that's also, I don't know if it's completely renovated or just renovated to look newer, but it still has the old tech, um, what do you call it? Like the old feel? Yeah. Yeah. Architecture, well, I guess. Is yeah, what I'm yeah. They, for. they definitely kept it the same. Right? Yeah. Because it's so, like, uh, it's. I want to stay on that that side of the hotel. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'll stay in the new part. I'll come visit, <laughs> I'll come visit you. I'll call you from the room. Yeah. Hey. Okay. I'm being haunted. Come see me. <laughs> yeah. I'm recording it right now. You want to come? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'll take your word on it. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch it on your video. Now, as I was scrolling, I also found this, but I don't know if it's the same guy or not, but he said that he stayed at the hotel the same, and he gave the the room number. He said 8273. Right. He said he went with a colleague who was determined to see ghosts. Okay. But he was there, um, he was there, I guess, just to hang out with, I don't know, I thought one of them was working. But anyway, um... He was satisfied with just, like, being there and seeing how creepy the building itself in that area was. Like, just walking down the hallways, he said it was very creepy. Everything was very old and very original looking. Yeah. And then when he went into his room, he said that he was lying in bed and he couldn't close his eyes because he thought he saw something. So he just kept focusing. Yeah. And then it felt like a presence came down over him or something like that and then it looked like something was being dragged along the ground like like a a body bag or something Mm, like that or like somebody had like injured body or something like that it sounded like very heavy wow and this is somebody's experience of staying there yeah wow and apparently he it dragged it all the way to the bed and he said every single hair on his body stood up yeah he was paralyzed with fear so yeah and he wow. said that he called his buddy and <laughs> he's like he, trying to wake him up. And he said, I couldn't even believe the experience. I, I probably sounded like a raving lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the guy that wanted to see it? No, this is the oh, other guy. <laughs> great. Isn't that always the way though? <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, the other guy only gave like a maybe a three sentence um, like review. Re- and his other friends got like a paragraph and a <laughs> He's probably like, yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah. He probably felt obligated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but hey, you know, experience is an experience. And, you know, you definitely take away with you whatever experience that you have. And, mm-hmm. and you know, as I said before, I'm always down with the pleasant experiences, but not down with the scary experiences. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have anything? Oh, oh. sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, did you have anything more? No, not about uh, the Quebec ghost. Okay, all right. Well, that's it for uh, Chateau Frontenac. Um, Definitely a very beautiful, very active, um, very neat place to kind of stay the night and and see what goes on there. Um, Very elegant place to stay as well. So if you Mm -hmm. ever get a chance to check it out, check it out. 
So now we're going to move When on. COVID's over. Yeah. Don't go to Quebec right now. Yeah, when COVID's completely over. So you get to enjoy everything. Hopefully that'll be soon. Mm-hmm. But going on to our next topic, we're going to start talking about Ottawa Jail Hostel. Ottawa Jail Hostel is located at 75 Nicholas Street in Ottawa, Ontario. The Ottawa Jail was built in 1862 right next to the courthouse. And it has a connecting tunnel. The jail was where Patrick J. Whelan was hung on February the 11th, 1869 for the assassination of Thomas Darcy McGee. The third and final execution by hanging was Eugene Larmont for killing an Ottawa police detective. His execution took place on March 27, 1946. The building remained as a jail until 1972. It was closed because it was outdated. The jail is known for very unhumane conditions for the prisoners. For example, up to 150 inmates consisting of men, women, and children would be forced to share 60 small cells, 30 larger cells, and 6 solitary confinement cells what yeah crazy say that again so they would basically the 150 people would have to share what is that 60 36 so 96 rooms they would all have to fit in and this was women children uh men and these were people that were murderers oh my god these were people that were mentally ill um And these were people also that did minor crimes, like, you know, very petty things. So with that being said, everybody would, you know, there wasn't separated or anything like that. So you would be dealing with a lot of things. That's that's insane. That's crazy. That's like the Don Jail. Yes. When it was overloaded with people. Yeah, and Kingston too. (laughs) You know, Kingston Penn too. Like they had some issues there as well with with overcrowding and what have you. Oh my god. So, but... The justice system back then. (laughs) Yeah, very different. Very different. Very inhumane. You know, when you were a criminal, you were definitely a criminal. Um, So, but you know what? Today, that, you know, as I was saying, the jail closed in 1972. And... um, this company bought it and kind of turned it into a hostel. So all the, the rooms are, um, made into rooms that you can rent. Um, you can find it on TripAdvisor, you know, there's, you know, uh, some listings there. Um, but what I found interesting on, on, about this place is that each room is numbered. Um, and it also has the name of the person who was jailed in that room. So, you know, if you get a visit from somebody, you'd probably definitely know who it was because their name is right outside your door. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I, you know, definitely if you get a chance, check it out online. You can see some pictures of it and some of the rooms were quite small and you can really see how inhumane those conditions would be. Like I was looking at one photo where it was just large enough to fit a bed in and that was it. So what would happen if multiple people had to stay in there right so 
that's crazy. But anyways, <laughs> just putting a, that out there to kind of put it into perspective. Um, but that's anyways. crazy. So they had more criminals than they did jails. That's what the problem was. Well, of course. It's overcrowding, right? And it's, mm-hmm. why build a bigger one? <laughs> well, that <laughs> should say something. them all into that one, That should right? say something right there. I know. Right? I know. So with that being said, that's pretty much it for the history of it. Um, Brie, do you want to talk about the ghost of the Ottawa Jail Hostel? I sure will. Perfect. Well, <laughs> this place has a lot of paranormal activity. Yes. Yes, lots it does. And lots and lots. obviously for a good reason kind of like the don jail how crazy haunted that place was too yes um so the most common encounters was with patrick whalen he was tried and convicted of killing a politician thomas darcy mcgee yeah he was on death row i think you said that yeah yeah he's one of the people that they say definitely haunts the um the jail yeah yeah, he's pretty active there from what, I, what I've what i read and what I hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he, I've heard that he literally walks into people's room and stands at the end of their bed. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Um, but uh, there's also another location in the prison, I, or the jail, sorry. I didn't even realize this originally, but uh, it was called The Hole. Yeah. And in there, uh, there was a lot of uh, dark things that happened. So they, I don't think they allow anybody down there, but they say they hear things like, you know, sounds, scratching, whatever, cries, whimpers. Yeah. Well, most, most jails have that one notorious place where they would put, you know, the, um, either the worst or the, you know, the what's the word I'm looking for? The most, uh, person that causes the most trouble. They would put them in like these places where they basically leave them to rot, Mm -hmm. which is terrible. I'm not saying that this was the case, but anything called the hole, Mm -hmm. you can kind of imagine what it would be like considering the conditions of these, um, cells already. Well, movies I think have done a pretty good, um, way of describing or showing, how uh the whole looks because when you actually go and see these jails whether it's kingston pen or don jail or the uh, the ottawa jail you'll see the size of it so now when you watch a movie you can picture that's true anything more for the ottawa jail hostel uh yeah many of the guests there also claim to hear sounds crying and screaming like i said um even uh, throughout the jail not just in the hole um I guess there's an area called the lounge and in there is where there's a lot of, um, I guess, uh, activity with women and children. I guess that's where they were placed in the jail Yeah. or maybe majority of the time. Right. Um, so they, they see, um, women and children shape figures and a lot of them are deemed violent towards the people who visit. Wow. Mm -hmm. I hang out in the stairwell as well. That's kind of, uh, creepy. Most of the most aggressive ones are in the stairwell. Wow, I don't even want to know. Yeah, so don't take the stairwell. Yeah, avoid it in case you feel pushed <laughs> or shoved all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I don't see that being a good thing. <laughs> yeah, and then when I was reading the reviews online, um, one of the persons, uh, persons, one of the guests said that it was a great place. Uh, it was spooky as AF. <laughs> <laughs> And another person said that it was beautiful. Um, 
the ghost wouldn't leave her alone. They kept wow. humming to her. Wow. <laughs> Such so, an amazing experience. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. So, so, you know, if you're looking for something of this caliber, then you might want to stay there and experience it for yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. For sure. And then the last one I grabbed was, um, so this person says that they don't believe in ghosts, nor did his friend, but they were traveling together. And one of the friends woke up screaming, let me go, let me go. Wow. And she felt like someone was holding her arm. And apparently there was nobody near any of them and there was no one else in the room. <laughs> she said, let me tell you, you can't fake that kind of reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Jeez. Eh? <laughs> that's wow. funny. Wow, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> you know me, you're always the skeptic. I love talking about it, but you know, oh, I know. to experience I know. it, I don't know. <laughs> well, okay, well, what I was going to say earlier, but it didn't really fit in with anything. I should have said it in the beginning, but I just remembered. Uh, I was hanging out with a friend one night, and we were just chilling. And her phone alerted because it's atta- attached to the camera out front. Yeah. And so she thought it was, a, I think she said raccoon or this big rabbit. I can't remember. Probably a raccoon, but she was telling me a story. And then after she told me the story, she went to check and there was nothing there. But all mm. of a sudden you see this creepy, gangly figure kind of go across the screen and then go away and then come back again and then disappear. So we went out front and I went and I looked at this camera and there is nothing around this camera that could cause a shadow. Nothing. Wow. Unless it was a spider web, but I didn't see nothing on it. So that was creepy. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? I'd say that's probably the second thing that I've probably ever experienced myself personally. Wow, that's crazy, eh? Mm -hmm. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you for joining us. Brie, tell us how you can get a hold of us. ParanormalFilesCanada at gmail.com. Facebook at ParanormalFilesCanada. On Instagram at CanadaParanormalFiles. And on Twitter, PFCSean underscore Brie. You can also join us next month for a very special episode. It will be our one-year anniversary. Yay! We've made it to one year. Thanks for joining us um, for this past year. It was definitely a fun experience for, for me and... I'm sure it was hopefully a fun experience for you too, Brie. <laughs> well, obviously. Yeah. We're still here. We're still here. So, and, and we would like to still be here uh, for many years to come with many stories that uh, we can find. So, um, again, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Stay, Stay spooky. spooky.